0: Today as we recognize the epiphany of our Lord, we hear the text from Matthew chapter 2 beginning with verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. These are your words, Heavenly Father, they are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. Please be seated. It's a new calendar year, a new semester, for some of you, a new school. So what is in store for you in 2024? It's amazing how many things can change in a person's life in one year's time. Sometimes uh, things that you would never have expected to have happened If I would send a a clipboard around and have everybody write down the most surprising thing that happened to you or maybe to your family in the last 12 months, it would be just interesting to see all the things, positive and negative, right? A lot of things that would be very wonderful surprises, but probably quite a few negative surprises too. A lot of things can change in our lives, sometimes very fast. I know last year I had students that missed classes for their own illnesses, a few of them pretty serious, and some who had to have surgeries, some who had to go attend funerals of grandparents. I think there were even a couple that had to attend funerals for parents, or dealing with someone in your family being diagnosed with cancer. Even when life can be moving along well, and probably when you're in college years, those are the years of your life and things clip along pretty well and your health is pretty good and everything, there's still a lot of challenges that can come up. Still a lot of things that can can kind of uh, surprise us a little bit. And then there's always the looming issue out in front of all of us of the grave. And as I get older, that becomes a little more real to me. When I was 18, 19, 20, I didn't think about that a lot, but it's always a real thing out ahead of us, isn't it, in our lives. In his book, The Pale Blue Dot, Dr. Carl Sagan, an atheist, wrote this. And you've maybe heard this before, some of you. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves It is up to us. Really? It's up to you? It's up to me? It's up to us? What could we do about all this? We throw our best doctors at things and put the greatest money we have in the world at stuff to try to hold death back and it still comes after us. It's up to us? Are you serious? Dr. Sagan died three years younger than I am currently, and he's presently buried in the Lakeview Cemetery in Ithaca, New York. I'd encourage you to go kneel by his grave and ask him how his worldview is coming for him, how how well that approach to life is helping him and, and working for him. No wonder human beings are always out there looking for some kind of divine help. No wonder human beings are out there always looking for some answer and seeking God, seeking ultimately a power above themselves. And as far back as you go in antiquity and in the writings and artwork of man, you'll find, and in the architecture that we still find from ancient days, they're looking for God. They're trying to find someone who can come and answer these major issues and problems that we all have to wrestle with. And when God Himself, looks down and watches humanity, watches us trying to go out and find him, this is what he says. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks after God. They've all turned aside. They've together become unprofitable. It's like a bunch of little eight-year-old children in an Easter egg hunt, and the mom has sent them out in the yard, and instead they've wandered off in a nearby farm, and they're out in the middle of a cornfield. They're not even close. That's how God looks at our attempts to try to go and find him in this world and to seek him and to figure out exactly where he is. There's a false notion in us, and this can still rise up in us even as Christians, that, that we can be so arrogant to analyze ourselves to think that, well, yeah, I, I would know where to find God on my own. I'd know how to, how to go and reach him and, and find him and get the answers to things in life. No, no. No, God, it had to come the other direction. God had to be the one to intervene in human history, to come into our world and to reveal himself to us. The wise men and the star that guides him is a beautiful example of this and a beautiful picture of this they wouldn 't have known where to go to look to find God. I, I bet in their lives if you could if you could have found out things more about the wise men, I bet back in their youth and in their Their uh, previous life, they were bowing down to idols all over the place, probably following some weird rituals and things. But God somehow, through all of this, and probably through the discovery of some Old Testament writings that they read, and then the guiding of the star finally leads them to where he wants them to find him. So what about you or me? Where... If if God had not intervened in your life through your baptism and through his word, where would you be bowing down right now? What little trinket might you have on your desk that is your God? What weird strange ritual, strange ritual might you be practicing in your life had it not been for God revealing himself to you and intervening in your life to show you where to find him? You know, it's interesting, even among God's children of Israel, as they were brought out of Egypt and they had watched some miraculous things take place, as soon as Moses is a little too long on the mountain and they start wondering what's happened, what do they do? Aaron goes and gathers all their earrings and all the bracelets and he melts them down and he makes a a cow for them to bow down to. Even the people of God, if they're left to their own devices, still don't know where to find him when they go back to what their own thinking is. They make a huge calf out of gold and silver and things and bow down to it. This is the the plague of humanity. We just don't know where to find God on our own. And when left to our own devices, we would never know him. And so God's direction has to come into the world to lead us and guide us. And just like with the wise men, it leads us to very unexpected places to find him. You know, the wise men naturally came to Herod's palace in Jerusalem. If someone's to be born king of the Jews, that's where you'd expect to find a little child now that's been born. And yet God has to now, by the star, guide them out to a completely different spot outside of the city in a little suburb, Bethlehem, kind of a dusty little town, and into this little barn area. We don't know exactly where Mary and Joseph were by then, but this very poor family. And there, among the smell of manure of the animals and things, there is God. What an unexpected place for him to show up. And the same is true for us in our day. God, through his holy word, like a star, guides us as well to where he wants us to find him and where he is to be found. And he takes us to some pretty unexpected places, to a little bit of water poured on a child's head in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to to some words being preached and read and talked about, to bread and wine blessed with the words of Christ where his body and blood are now present for us, places that the world would think has nothing to do with God on their own. And yet this is where God directs us. Nothing exciting or spectacular. Peter said, The word of the prophets has been made more certain, and we are to pay attention to it as a light shining in a dark place. The word of God, coming from the prophets and the apostles, that wonderful word of God is like a light that guides us and shines over the Christ child in our lives today. And it always settles above no other cradle than the one that contains the God-man, Jesus Christ, true God and true man in one. It's as if God is saying to you and me through his word, look around all you want for me, run off to any little thing you can find, but you will never find me there. You will only find me where I direct you, And that is where I have come in the flesh, in this little boy. And he ultimately grows up to be the one who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He says to you, I have come so that you may have life and you may have that more abundantly. So only in this little child will you have the payment for all of your sins before a holy God Will you have the holy, perfect righteousness you need to get into heaven and the wonderful hope and promise of your own physical resurrection from the grave? The star above Christ discounts and makes obsolete all the other world religions. Salvation is found in no one else, St. Peter says. He has come to be your exclusive, exclusive answer for your grave. The star did not hover over Mecca, it did not hover over a carved image, it did not hover over some strange pagan ritual, but only over the Christ child. And here and here alone is your God. Here and here alone is true religion. Here and here alone is your hope of heaven. And so God, throughout this entire year and the rest of your life, invites you to come and kneel beside this Christ child and bend the knee. And through him and his word will guide you through all things. Amen.